This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. The World Market Watch is brought to you by CMB Preferred. BFM 89.9. Good morning. You are listening to The Morning Run. It's 7.06am on Wednesday, the 7th of December. I'm Shazana Mokhtar with Wang Xiaoning and Chong Jen San. As always, let's kickstart how global markets closed overnight. US markets ended lower as recession fears lingered. The Dow was down 1%, S&P 500 was down 1.4%, the Nasdaq was down 2%. In Asian markets, the Nikkei was up by 0.2%, Hang Seng down by 0.4%, Shanghai Composite up by 0.02%, the Straits Times Index was down by 0.5% and the FBM KLCI was down marginally by 0.01%. So for some thoughts on what's moving international markets, we have on the line with us Carlos Casanova, Senior Economist at UBP. Carlos, good morning. I'd like to start down under. We saw that Australia's RBA have decided to raise rates by 25 bips yesterday, and analysts are saying that this will be the last hike in the cycle. What are your thoughts? Do you think the central bank is going to take a breather for, from here on? Good morning. Um, so um, we saw that 25 basis point rate hike, and that was a slap bang in line with expectations. Um, towards sort of um, the end of the week last week, there were some rumors um, that they would do a smaller rate hike of 15 basis points as there's talk about pausing actually throughout the region as a whole. Um, but we think that this is a little bit premature. Um, the main reason being that inflation remains above the RBA's tolerance band um, at 7.7%, so still uh, 7.1%, so still a little um, room for them to <laughs> continue tightening to nudge that down. Um, and uh, we've also seen signs that the labor market uh, can, remains tight. So we saw uh, an employment rate at uh, 3.4%, which is a record low, and wages increasing more than expected in Q3 of 2022. So going forward, what we expect is that the for the RBA for, um, to continue hiking rates um, in smaller increments, perhaps 15 basis points, um, until the cash rate target reaches around 3.5% um, before Q2 of next year. So not, not, not quite there yet, but we are definitely heading in that direction. And Carlos, there are similar indications that Southeast Asian central banks will also press the pause button on increasing rates. Do you see that to be the case? Um, so we, we, we think that um, definitely um, after Q1 of next year, that will be the case. Um, in the meantime, though, uh, Asian central banks will not seek to follow the Fed um, in the next leg of global uh, tightening. So we don't expect rate hikes to be as big as the 50 basis points that's currently priced in for the Fed in December. And there are three reasons for this. First of all, this inflation in the region has started to cool. So on a GDP-weighted basis, Asian uh, inflation was 3.6% in October. So that's down from 3.9% in September. Um, and a lot of that is driven um, by dollar dynamics as well as commodity prices cooling slightly. Um, in second place, um, um, activity has started to slow. Um, so most central banks are now um, sort of balancing the need to contain inflation expectations uh, with this rising risk of recession in the U.S. And remember that since the 1970s, whenever the U.S. yield curve inverts, um, you know, 90 percent of the times it does follow with a recession within nine to 12 months. So we are going to enter a more challenging period for the U.S. economy in 2023. And Asian central banks um, are, are worried about potential exposure. So they are going to be a little bit more cautious. And lastly, um, this dollar rally narrative is starting to uh, peak. Um, so with there being fewer depreciatory pressures against the dollar expected going forwards, um, that uh, provides a little bit of policy space for central banks in the region 
to pause hikes uh, perhaps sooner than expected in, in the first quarter of next year. Now, Carlos, I've been getting to see more headlines coming out of Korea with regards to their debt levels, especially with bonds. Is this something we should be paying attention to? Is it potential for contagion impact in the region? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it will be an issue from a regional point of view. Um, I think it's interesting because there are a few there are a few dis- discrepancies in the region. So you know, Australia, Korea. Those are developed markets um, with, where unemployment rates remain low. So structurally, it looks quite similar to the U.S. They need to do some tightening and activities beginning to slow. Um, so that's already started to translate into some um, credit stress um, in the Korean economy. Um, and I think that um, as we enter this recessionary cycle where the U.S. Uh, starts to, um, you know, activity in the U.S. starts to fall, you're going to see um, developed markets in the region suffer more than emerging markets. And in the case of Korea in particular, they're a very export-oriented economy. So the slowdown there is going to be faster than in other parts of Asia. And that's going to um, lead to an increase in, in insolvencies, of course, and higher um, stress in that service and higher insolvency. So I think it's a theme that will be here to stay in 2023, uh, some credit stress amongst some DMs in the region, um, not for EMs. Um, but I don't think that that will spill over into a major um, crisis. Can we turn our attention over to China? China services PMI index contracted sharply in November. Um, which segments of China's service economy are suffering the most? And do you think we're going to see a recovery in services for December? Um, yes. So, um, of course, the economy as a whole suffered a deceleration in, in November as a result of uh, an increase in COVID numbers and also um you know local governments in particular not not really understanding what's expected from them in terms of the the, the new covid policy um so the services services naturally uh, experienced the biggest um disruption um the mbs uh, announcements specifically mentioned uh Jiji Xing and also Jeju Xing Hanye, so that's uh, agglomeration and contact service industries so things like catering retail tourism uh, railway transportation, civil aviation, uh, those kinds of industries where you have groups of people, um, and there's also it also involves contact between people. Um, naturally, experience the biggest um, declines uh, as a result of there being COVID lockdowns, um, and those industries, by the way, will also be the ones that rebound the fastest once the reopening is is, is confirmed. And Carlos, moving to China's manufacturing sector, there are rumours that factories in China are already closing for the year due to fewer orders from overseas markets. Do you think this is true? And if it is, how much impact will we see on manufacturing data which will be released in the coming months? I think if you look at the subcomponents of the PMIs, um, there is a discrepancy here between um, larger uh, manufacturing firms and smaller manufacturing firms. Um, Larger manufacturing firms are definitely experiencing... um, some capacity issues and, and might have started to slow. Uh, remember also that they will have, like like in Europe right now, by the way, there's energy shortages. Um, so they, they are being cautious entering the winter months about potentially running into shortages. So they might have instructed companies also to, to, to take a pause given the lower um, external demand environment. Um, but you are seeing um, some small exporters that still um, have adequate demand levels. I guess in terms of what this means going forward, the most relevant news this week was the th- announcement by Apple that they plan to relocate up to 25% of its iPhone assembly capacity away from its 
uh, factory run by Foxconn in Zhengzhou in China um, to India in order to reduce its uh, concentration in one market and, and reduce you know, political risks and supply chain disruption risks um, and on these sorts of things going forward. Um, I think this is a theme. So it's something that we will continue to see uh, fueling FDI inflows into emerging Asia. And of course, it will be a drag to the Chinese economy. But it, it's very expensive to relocate these supply chains. Um, so uh, I think temporarily we are seeing a lot of talk, but in the long term, remains to be seen. Carlos, thanks as always for the chat. That was Carlos Casanova, senior economist at UBP, giving us his take on some of the trends that could be impacting markets in the days and weeks ahead. And in the conversation there on China manufacturing, it is coming up to 7.19 in the morning. We'll take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll cover the top stories in the newspapers and portals this morning. Stay tuned. BFM 89.9. The World Market Watch is brought to you by CIMB Preferred. Moving forward with you. Visit cimbpreferred.com.my for their preferential services beyond banking. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.